0: Hey there, friends. Welcome back to the third season of the Ray Reynolds Wrap podcast. If you haven't already done it, go ahead and click that subscribe button. We hope that you'll check us out also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok and find out more about content. Of course, we encourage you to also check out the website at rayrenoldswrap.com. We hope you enjoy today's program. For our third season of the Ray Reynolds Wrap podcast, we've decided to do a couple of things that will help in you strengthening your own personal walk with God, and so uh, one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to be very intentional in the way we present the gospel message, Uh, and we're hoping that through some of these lessons that you will have a desire to grow more spiritually, Uh, and to help us with that, we are going to deal with some tough questions. Uh, in some broadcasts, you'll hear me talking about subjects that maybe even your preacher or uh, Bible class teacher is afraid to to discuss because of the basically the sensitiveness of that particular lesson. And the second thing that we're doing is we are encouraging people to read their Bible all the way through. And so to help us with that, we are doing surveys of New Testament books. Some of the lessons will be one lesson. Some of them will be uh, two or three or four lessons, depending on the size of the book and the contents. But right now, we want to present to you one of those lessons on a New Testament book. I encourage you to grab your Bible and study along. If you've got a notepad, piece of paper, highlighter, that'll probably help as you begin to make notes and think about uh, how you want to read this book from cover to cover. And I hope that it's a blessing to you. Welcome back, rappers, to the Ray Reynolds Rap Podcast. I'm glad you've joined us for today's Episode. Um, Some of you have listened through all of these studies on the New Testament. I've actually had a couple people tell me recently that that's the reason why they tune into the podcast, is for these uh, individual episodes from each particular book of the New Testament. And I do have a hope and a prayer to download all of these eventually and put them into one volume of a New Testament survey on a separate podcast so that. If that's what you, uh, if you, if you're coming just to listen to those, it would be good to find them all in one location. So I'm going to try to do that sometime in the near future, probably at the beginning of next year when we finish the books of the New Testament. And I do not know. I still am trying to debate whether or not I want to try to tackle an Old Testament survey next year um if you've if you've listened to these enough you know that basically what i do is i drop the podcast from uh the bible class at Summerdale church christ on wednesday nights uh if you live in our area and you want to come be a part of that class feel free to come you can ask questions uh anything that you want to directly associated with that particular book we'd be more than happy to discuss it with you but uh for us as we come into this particular episode uh it's not recorded at Summerdale Church Christ, which is kind of interesting, too, that we, we actually did, two. I taught uh, Philemon, and it did not get uh, recorded. And then I uh, had a, uh, one of our men here, Nathan, came and spoke, and he also did Philemon, and it also did not get recorded. So for the sake of uh, continuity on the podcast, I thought I would just do an entire episode just on this particular book to kind of help us see it. And also for those of you who are trying to study through the whole New Testament, it would be profitable to have, obviously, Philemon. It's a little book, but we do not, absolutely do not want to leave it out. So let's get into the book itself. So I'm assuming that if you've done any research on this book, the book of Philemon, you you know that Apostle Paul is the one who wrote it. I mean, he gives, he identifies himself in the first verse. He's formally Saul of Tarsus from Acts 8 and 9. And so he says he is the author of the book, and the church, the early church, unanimously accepted it as being uh, authentic with Paul. It's kind of, it's it's a it's it's similar to the um, prison epistles in that it was written from jail, and there's some references to Paul's uh, imprisonment, but it is completely different in the structure. Uh, this book is written very differently from the other prison epistles of Paul. This is a personal letter, and it is meant to be an encouragement to uh, this particular man in the story and not to a congregation which is which is rare uh now. We have read the Gospel of Luke and the Book of Acts, so we kind of understand that this is something Luke has done. Luke writes to Theophilus, you know, and, and there are individuals that uh, Paul has written to, but not all of them make it uh, into the canon of the New Testament, but this one does. And so I think it's just fascinating that this little tiny book, this is 25 verses, makes it into our New Testament because the message was so powerful that the early church continued to circulate it and share it with other people. And I think that speaks volumes uh, to the, the necessity of having it in the New Testament. Uh, it's generally accepted that Paul wrote it somewhere between sixty and sixty-two A.D. Some place it a little bit later, but um, it was written in the city of Rome. He's in a Roman prison cell. That's identified verse four nine through thirteen, verse twenty three over and over. He's in prison, and that's why it's lumped in with these other prison epistles so Ephesians, Colossians, and Philippians. And um, he also wrote another letter to the Laodiceans at this time, and we we see that in Colossians four sixteen, but we don't have that letter unfortunately it was lost. But Philemon is uh, similar to uh, the book of Colossians in that a lot of the people that are mentioned here are the same. You know, Timothy, Aristarchus, Archippus, Mark, papyrus Luke, Anismus, Demas. These are all guys that were with Paul at this particular time when he wrote it. So there are some connections between Colossians and Ephesians. I do believe that Paul wrote those at about the same time, but it is pretty clear that at the time he penned the letter to Colossians, he was also penning the same letter to Philemon. Same people are present. And if you know anything about the way Paul has written before, he gives a lot of credit to the people that are hanging with him and uh, helping him and and encouraging him in the time he's uh, in prison. And very, very rarely do we have more than two or three names that are the same. There's so many people coming to see him. But these two letters, almost identical in the people that are present when the letter is written. And so it is passed around and circulated to other churches. So the message to Philemon was so powerful and so essential for the church to see and to hear and to read that they wanted everybody in the church to to get a copy of this book. Now, the letter is primarily about brotherly love and forgiveness. Now, I know I've heard so many sermons on Philemon over the years, and they always want to make it about Uh, The situation between Onesimus and Philemon and the slave master thing. And I understand that is a very large part of the book uh, is this, this relationship. But the book is passed around, not because of the relationship between two guys. It is passed around because it is a book of forgiveness. Now the, the guy who's receiving this letter, Philemon, he's a master of slaves. Now I know that's another thing we get weighed down with and we say, oh my goodness, let's, let's talk about slavery. And and, and I want to make it note that, and I taught this in the Wednesday night class, I wish that it had been recorded because I, I did a really long detailed explanation of the difference between a slave and a bond servant. Uh, for instance, uh, a slave, someone who's taken a, a against their will, or at least uh, is sold or to, or purchased by someone else to be able to use for, um, I'm not going to say for nefarious purposes, but they're not treated with respect. They are treated as property. But there are also terms that are used in our New Testament like this word bondservant. And a bondservant is what Paul refers to himself as. It's the term that James uses when he talks about being a bondservant of his of his uh brother Jesus. So, this is a this is a, this is the reason why we need to understand what a bondservant is. Bondservant is someone who had had a debt to be paid. Or for whatever reason, maybe their family was in poverty. Maybe their family is hungry. And so the man of the house or sometimes even one of the children in the house would be uh, assigned to a household. They would basically be under the employment of that individual. Uh, Now, they weren't always treated good. But the bond servant is someone who says, "I have a debt to be paid, and this guy's going to bond me out he's going to he's going to bail me out of this situation he's going to actually help me get the debt to pay whatever it is now, if a family was going through poverty or whatever and they needed a son or a daughter or the husband of the house to be able to to pay the debt, they would often go you couldn't go to the you know wells fargo bank you couldn't you can't go ask somebody for hundred thousand dollars to start this business that you've always wanted to do or to build a house in a new community. You know, they, usually they stayed close to home. People didn't just get up and you know pack their bags and move a thousand miles away. It just didn't happen. So if there is a house that needs to be built or there is a debt that needs to be paid, they cannot go to to someone to an individual pay that whole thing off. So what it is is a, a wealthy landowner would say, I'll tell you what, I'll put up the money to do this but the collateral is you like you're going to work for me as my employee until the debt is paid now remember while they're in the care of this master this individual who has basically ownership of them uh there also would be food needs there would be clothing there would be uh, room and board all those things have to be paid so the debt is paid off slowly slowly. It's not immediately overnight. So they, they may, they may say, I'll be your servant for 10 years. Now, back in, in Exodus and Deuteronomy, we look back through the Old Testament law, there were individuals that were bond servants who said, I I would like to pay this bill and I need help. And the landowner says, Hey, I'll give you uh, I'll pay the la- loan for you. They can just forward it to me and I'll pay it until it's done. And then you're we'll you'll work your debt off with me. I'll make you my employee. I'm not going to pay anything, but I'm going to pay that debt for you. And when they would do that and make that make that commitment, the the landowner determines when the bond is over, it's broken. And when, if a soldier or soldier or servant wanted to stay in the household, they could have their ear pierced. And so it go to the door, uh pierce their ear and allow them to to declare a member of that household forever, and they would stay on. So, kind of give you a little background of this. So, the letter identifies there's this guy named Onesimus who apparently was a slave of uh, Philemon. Through some, some way, somehow, he ends up leaving, fleeing, escaping. We might say. I, I think it seems pretty clear that whatever happened, it happened quickly, and it happened in a way that Philemon was very angry about it so uh, so Onesimus is on the run well in the course of time Paul sees this as providential that he ends up in a prison maybe the same prison that this man Onesimus is found and whether Paul converted him or the church had converted him he now finds himself to be a brother in Christ and Paul sees him as a helper, in his chains. Paul's in chains. He's in, again, a Roman prison cell, writing all these letters. And Onesimus is this really great guy he's met. As they talk, and as sometimes do, I have people who decide to become a Christian and they they confess their sins. They say, hey, I've done this, 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 and this. And I want to be covered by the blood of Jesus in baptism. And I immediately say, hey, let's do that. By the way, if you've never been baptized into Christ Jesus, if you've never had your sins forgiven, you need to do that immediately you know, you can email me, call me, I'll put you in touch with somebody. Or if you have somebody in your area that you can grab, uh, I, can, I can probably find somebody close to you that would be willing to baptize you. But that is essential. So Onesimus is saved now. And he, because of his past sins, begins to confess to Paul some of the things he's done. And, and somehow, some way, Philemon's name comes up. And Paul's like, hey, I know that guy. Uh, you know, he, he owes me a debt, just like you owe him a debt. And so, uh, I don't think Onesimus puts any pressure on Paul to write this letter. I think it's all just completely Paul being, you know, con- you know, just compassionate and loving. He says, "Hey, look, I'll write the letter." And 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 again, the grace and the forgiveness of Paul—it just drips from the page and it inspires us to see this relationship. So let me read for you just a section here and we'll go through and talk about it together. It says, Paul, prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved friend and fellow laborer, to the beloved Ophia and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in your house. That's where the church met. Okay. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God, making mention of you and my prayers, hearing of your love and faith, which you have towards the Lord Jesus, towards all the saints that that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus for we have great joy and consolation in your love because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed by you brother so he pours it on here in these first 6 or 7 verses saying you know you have been such an encouragement to me and the church has been such an encouragement to me so i'm about to give you a message that i hope will be received in you know, in a positive light, you know, you've, you brought joy to me and I brought joy to hopefully to you. Listen to what he says. Therefore, verse eight, therefore, though I might be very bold in Christ to command you what is fitting. And it's a commandment. He's giving him an order, if you will. Yet for love's sake, I'd rather appeal to you. So in other words, I I could command you to do this, but I, because I love you and I'm compassionate, I'm going to give you the chance to choose. Being such a one as Paul, the aged, and now a prisoner of Jesus Christ, I appeal for ye for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten while in my chains. In other words, he's he's saying, He is my son in the faith, like Timothy was. And so this gives us kind of a pause, and we say it's very possible Paul converted him while he was in prison. That's our assumption, although it's not specifically said in the text. He says, uh uh, I appeal for you, my son Anismus, whom I have begotten while in my chains, who once was unprofitable to you, but now is profitable to you and to me. I'm sending him back. That's a big, big one. You therefore receive him, that is, of my own heart, whom I wish to keep with me, that on your behalf he might minister to me in my chains for the gospel. But without your consent, I wanted to do nothing, that your good deed might not be by compulsion." as it were, but voluntary. He says, I'm sending him back to you. I would love to have kept him. And apparently he knew Onesimus was willing to stay with Paul. But Paul says, no, you need to go back and you need to make this right with your brother. And what a powerful testimony to us when we have a problem with a brother or sister in Christ to go to them immediately. Paul says, I am encouraging him to come back to you to try to make this right, And as much as I'd like to keep him, as much as he'd like to stay, I think this is going to be better for you, for the church, if he comes back to your household. So verse 15, it says, for perhaps he departed for a while for this purpose. In other words, a providential. Paul says it's providential that we just happen to come upon each other and we have a common thread through you and through Christ. It says that you might receive him forever, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, a beloved brother, especially to me, but how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If then you count me as a partner, receive him as if you would me. But if he's wronged you or owes you anything, put that on my account. I, Paul, am writing with my own hand. I will repay, not to mention... That you owe me, even your own self besides. So he says, you know, you, you're, I've, I've saved you. In other words, probably converted him to Christ. He says, now here is another guy I saved. You guys know each other. Now make things right. You know, this is if he's wronged you, if he's stolen anything, which kind of implied that he has taken something or something is owed. Maybe he had several years left on his debt and he ran off, which could be punishable, big time for him, a slave. And I, w- I want to pause too and say. Uh, th- there is a cause for us to use this in talking about the issue of the slavery system. And, and in fact, this was a book that was heralded among Christians during uh, the Civil War and during uh, the time that we dealt with a dark time in our past where slavery was a part of our history. And I I think, you know, Everyone in our country would say that is a time period we wish we could erase, but unfortunately we cannot that It shows the dangers of abuse and of uh, human rights violations straight up just the the, the it 's hard to believe that our country where we are now and, and we 're still dealing unfortunately with prejudice and racism and i 've done some podcasts on that. But this is the reason why this book is so powerful. Uh, it was, it, it still is, uh, in a lot of circles y- used and read to say, "Hey, look, this shows Paul was against slavery." Now, Paul doesn't say he's against slavery; he's against the kind of behavior of uh, Onesimus has done. He doesn't believe that Onesimus has done the right thing, but he's saying to him, "You need to look at him like a brother." So he's putting uh, some pressure applying some pressure to philemon it's you need to forgive him his debt now what is that debt we don't know it's obviously seems to be a monetary thing paul says hey look i i i let's settle up the bill when i get back um so don't we don't want to miss that I, i know a lot of times people will highlight that as the number one thing is all it's all the whole book's about slavery and how paul wanted slavery to end and i don't think that's the case because again we 're talking about a bond servant, someone who volunteered for service, someone who says, "I will work for you until the debt is paid off and those men and women were not always treated the way we see. We think of chains and whips and uh, people forced into uh, a, a type of living that was completely inhumane and that 's not the kind of relationship we see here between Philemon and Onesimus and I think that everyone who Uh, has done any research on the terrible terrible part of our history would say it was inhuman it was it was a disgusting terrible you know injustice that lasted for entirely too long and um, so that that you know, obviously we will we will say that here, but that is not the context of this kind of a relationship between Onesimus and Philemon. Uh, he could have been punished. He could have been added time to his schedule if he had stolen something. He could have prosecuted him. He could have had him cast into prison. But it wasn't it wasn't like these. It's not like a taskmaster and a slave situation. Uh, this is more of a person who was a servant in the house who had. Been working and serving, maybe even in the field for this man, but he did it voluntarily. So Paul says, "Look, when he comes back, remember he's my my son in the faith. You know, it's going to be for joy. Receive him with joy. Receive him with love. And the reason why this letter gets passed around to this day and is canon in our New Testament is because Onesimus and Philemon must have worked it out. And what a powerful example it was to the whole church that you don't treat your brothers and sisters this way." Even though Onesimus was probably not a Christian when he ran away. This is this is this is different now. You have a relationship. And you should treat people, all people with respect and love, but especially those that are a brother and sister in Christ. You don't you don't treat them harshly. So Paul says, you know, having confidence in your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. But meanwhile, also prepare a guest room for me, for I trust that through your prayers, I will be granted to you. Papyrus, my fellow servant or fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greet you as you mark Aristarchus, Demas, Luke and my fellow laborers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. So Paul is basically saying accept him, love him. And I'm going to be soon to, uh, to check up on you. So a Philemon, Aphia, who's probably his wife, and Archippus is probably his son. And the church that met in their house would have read this letter. They would have known that they were trying to make it right. Philemon has a tremendous amount of pressure from Paul to do the right thing. And obviously he does do the right thing. And we have no, really no way of knowing what happens after the book is written. Uh, we assume that there is this level of compassion and forgiveness and brotherly love that just rules the day. But Paul has a significant role in that, uh, that he's bridging the gap between these brothers and sisters, or, or these brethren anyway. Um, and again, Paul is doing what he does best, mediating for the people. He he is, he's the one in between these two brothers to try to bring something together. And I I see in his teaching, especially in Corinthians, but there's a section in in Galatians 6, 1 and 2, where he talks about restoring somebody in a spirit of gentleness. And that's the way Paul operated. He tried very uh, hard to be gentle in his persuasion. And this is a very gentle letter. Some people might say, well, it looks like he's putting you know, basically saying, if you don't do this, there's going to be trouble. <laughs> you know, you're going to forgive him and you're going to let him off easy. I don't, I don't think that Paul is applying that kind of pressure. I think he's saying, I know you and I know that this has bothered you. And I know that, that you are trying to reconcile this thing in your mind. And Onesimus is struggling in the same way. He knows he did wrong. He knows he needs to repent. He knows he needs to make things right. And so I am encouraging you to to treat him like you would me, uh, forgive him of the debt, and then whatever else you want to do, and that's implied here in this last little section, you're going to probably do more than I'm asking you to. You know, Paul says, I I, I kind of see that you're, you're going to do above and beyond what I'm asking you to do, but I just want to make it in writing that there needs to be repentance on his part recompense for the past sins so that nobody's able to look back at this situation and say oh so-and-so did wrong or so-and-so did so-and-so wrong he says let's just work this out and there is a great reward for the two of them to be able to uh to reconcile this and one more thing too since he's a runaway slave uh oftentimes under the roman empire And by the way, in the Roman Empire, there were over 60 million slaves to just kind of give you the impression of how many there were. And many of those were forced, but they had a hefty reward when you returned them. So there were people in the Roman era. I don't see a lot of movies about this, but it would be kind of an interesting movie is they had individuals that their job was to be like dog, the bounty hunter. (laughs) They they went around rounding up people that had debts that needed to be collected and they would take them and they would return them. And the, uh, the taskmaster, slave master, if that's the relationship or the master of the house, the landowner, or we might say someone who owns a business that is uh, put someone into their employment and they've taken something or they have abused their position. There has to be some reconciliation with the law. And so there were people that went around and found these, these runaways and, um, they would try to bring them back, and Paul says, there's no need to do that, You know, Philemon. We've, we, we've worked this out here, and we, there's no need to go try to hunt him down or to get him to pay back the debt. Uh, he's ready to do that. So his prayer and his relationship with Philemon uh, obviously is shown to the entire church as the way we should treat people that do us wrong that's the gist of it we need to have love we need to have forgiveness and we shouldn't have to have somebody super spiritual to tell us that god's word is clear enough in other texts matthew 5 is an example matthew 18 uh, i mentioned galatians 1 and 2 we need to make things right with our brothers and sisters in christ and so let's do that let's try to keep everybody uh in love let's encourage each other uh, and, and push through. You know, Paul Paul is one who's endured a lot of affliction, a lot of pain, a lot of turmoil. And if he can make one little thing right, he's going to do it. And that's what we ought to do is try to, and, and you may find yourself in a position like Paul where you've got a brother and a sister that are just, you know, fighting it out. I mean, even on social media, they're just wearing each other out. And you're like, okay, look, you guys need to get together and, and let's pray. Let's let's mediate this thing. Let's work through this thing. And a, you may find yourself like that. You may be the Paul in a relationship. So make it right. Help them to work through it. And then when it's all said and done, give God the glory. I love this little book. It's short. Like I said, it's just 25 verses. But it is powerful. And the message of, of brotherly love and forgiveness and repentance is clear and, and there's a reason why it's in our New Testament. We all need to read it and we all need to apply the same principles that Philemon and Onesimus obviously did to make things right and to be a blessing to the whole church. So I hope you'll continue to study this book. A lot of great information, uh, commentaries that are available and other things, other sources that will help you better understand the context of Philemon. But just suffice it to say, it is a fantastic book. And it would do you well to dig in this afternoon, uh, tonight, in the morning, sometime, sit down and really dig and see what else you can get. Uh, there's a lot of gold in these mines. So uh, so dig in, find some little nuggets of truth that can really bless you and go and share it with the world. I thank you so much for tuning in to this episode today on the Book of Philemon. And hope to hope to be with you again soon. I'm Ray Reynolds and that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in to the Ray Reynolds Wrap podcast and specifically this study of New Testament books. If you have a specific Bible question that relates to the material we just covered, please feel free to email me that at rayrennoldsrapp at gmail.com. We want to encourage you to tune into every broadcast, follow us on social media, and get regular updates on the content. Follow, subscribe, share, and set your notifications so you don't miss any broadcasts or blogs that are posted. Check out the website for free books and Bible study materials at rayrenoldsrapp.com. Hope you have a wonderful day, and may the Lord bless you as you seek to maintain an authentic life in Christ Jesus.